you know that fresh produce is the best produce. That's why at Kroger, we invest in local farmers to bring you seasonal picks that taste fresh from the farm good, like sweet corn, refreshing watermelon, and juicy peaches. So whether you're a delivery lover, a picker-upper, or you shop in-store, your local produce always tastes 100% fresh, or you get a 100% refund guaranteed. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Still love that intro. Uh, all right, we are back. The death lineup's been a while. I, think, I don't know, when I went on vacation, it's probably been like three weeks since we recorded. Brian and I are here. We're going to talk about some stuff that happened when we last recorded. How's it going? Going good. It's going good. Sorry. I was... Rusty. He's rusty. I, was, I had to pull up some basketball reference on what we're talking about today just to make sure I know the stats. So... <laughs> Yeah, I'm doing I'm doing well. How are you? Good. All right. Before we get going, I know I saw some social media posts from you. What, what did the BAM, what did you guys recently do on your last show? Uh, we did a NBA team tier list. Um, it was full transparency. We've had guests just cancel on us left and right. Oh, my gosh. Of, and so it, it, it's being ready with a backup plan. And lately, backup plans have been tier lists. Tier lists are pretty fun because, I mean, usually you go like S tier is like the best, A tier, B tier, C tier, all the way to F. Um, but we started like changing the names to some of the tier lists. So we did an NBA team tier list, all 30 NBA teams. And the top one is contender status. Then we went guaranteed playoffs. Then we said borderline playoffs. And then we said missing the playoffs and or lottery. And then we did bottom five teams. So we just mm -hmm. ranked them all in those tiers and talked about them. We've also done a young core tier list where uh, you had to have at least three promising young players to be considered a core. So like the Mavericks with Luka Dunk, Luka, um, Jalen Green and like Jaden Hardy, those are the only three players on their roster under the age of 25 that doesn't qualify as a young core. Mm -hmm. We don't even know what the heck. So that's that's kind of what we've been up to lately. All right. Well, just so you know, when 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 people start asking you to be on their podcast, just know that uh, I'm just gonna know, big time them. No, you got to do the opposite. <laughs> you got to make every effort because the people who do now, in some instances, it's it's you know it's it's okay. Someone has to miss something. Uh, it's, uh, you know, sometimes things happen, urgent stuff happens, but in other cases, you know, maybe it's not as cool. And I think, um, your, your, your draft guy, uh, he had mentioned that in, when you, when you guys talked to him on your podcast where he, where you told him like, Hey, you know, I really appreciate you coming on. And he's like, yeah, you know, I, I was once one of you guys back in the day. And, and so I want to get back. So that's, he didn't that's say it, lesson. but I think. I think he got big time by Evan Mobley. I think in that story, he was saying how he was like, he got big time by a top pick in last year's draft. And for some reason, I thought it was Evan Mobley. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, all right. Let, so let's uh, let's get caught up on what's been going down, what's been going on with the Warriors. So while we were gone, uh, we're signed uh, J. Michael Green. And he is basically fulfilling the spot previously held by one Otto Porter. Um, Otto Porter. Actually, you know what? Don't we have a graphic in here somewhere for Otto Porter? There we go. 
hero. The hero Otto Porter, <laughs> young Wilt. So obviously Porter went to Toronto. He took a little bit of a bigger money deal. The Warriors really did want him back, but they're, you know, when you got uh, four guys who are taking up, I, I read this somewhere, four guys who are taking up 44, 60, 72, 73% of the cap goes to Curry, Thompson, Wiggins, and Draymond. And when that happens, unfortunately, you can't give that extra dollar to some of these guys who uh, who may be very helpful, and, and Otto Porter is very helpful. But if you look at Porter's numbers and you look at J. Michael Green's numbers... Um, I think it's just J. Michael. J. Michael? Oh, yeah. yeah. Where, did, where did they get the Y? Oh, it's because <laughs> M-Y. J. Michael. Okay, M-Y. All right, so J. Michael Green and, uh, and Otto, if you look at their numbers, Otto last year... Uh, 8.2 points per game, 5.7 rebounds. He shot 37% from three. Jamichael Green was six and four, shot 27% from three. Now, historically, Jamichael shoots uh, just about 37. So Otto's also a little bit of a better shooter from three historically than, than he was last year. Uh, but uh, sort of similar numbers, you know, Otto's probably a little bit better of a bucket getter, um, but essentially going to play his minutes. So what did you think of this signing? I really like the signing um, in the before last offseason. I remember that our main targets were Batum and Patty Mills. Um, and then I feel like that we ended up getting no disrespect, but the Walmart versions of those players in the Otto Porter Jr. signing and the Gary Payton pickup or uh at the time at the time is what is is that that's how i felt and that's kind of how i feel right now at the time auto porter jr is gone we get the walmart version jermichael green gary payton two is gone we get the walmart version dante divincenzo um but with with auto i feel like we expected when he came to the team you know i feel like auto porter jr has just been associated with just sharp shooter three-point shooter that's kind of it right and he 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 was a good three point shooter, but he also was kind of like he was like a dog. He would get rebounds when Draymond and Looney would box out, and he would just fight for the rebounds, get offensive rebounds, and he was just so much more than just a sharpshooter. I think Jermichael Green is already that. Um, if you look at his last year in Denver, not the greatest three point shooting. It was twenty six percent on one point nine attempts, but I could one hundred percent confidently say that that's one hundred percent attributed to the losses that they had and him having to step up into a bigger role than he's been used to in his career. The year before that in Denver, 39% three point shooting on 3.4 attempts. So that's kind of more what I'm, what, what I'm used to seeing uh, Jermichael green do in a more rotational player role. Whereas in Denver with Jamal Murray and Michael Porter jr. Out, obviously he has to step up big time, but when he's in that rotational player role and we already have Steph clay Wiggins, Jordan Poole, all in the younger guys stepping up to do their thing. Like, I think he's going to fit right in. I think he's already like that defensive presence. He even said it in like a press conference that he's just going to be there to help out Draymond. I think that's exactly what he's done in his career is just be that like be the dog on defense and then be able to hit an open shot. So I think it was I think it's a great pickup. Um, I might be sitting here saying that it's a Walmart version auto Porter Jr. Uh, I think I think I think he'll fit in just perfectly, to be honest. So last year, actually the previous year, so 2020, 2021, uh, he, his numbers and Otto's numbers from this past year are almost identical. So I think, uh, you know, there's always this theory that because of the Warriors spacing, you're going to find 
some more open shots. Now, again, Otto, Otto's numbers last year from three-point land were less than his career averages, and and he did he did struggle at some point. You know, I think some of him doing what you said, which is becoming the dog. Some of that was just like, man, I cannot hit a shot. I need to do something else to add value to this team. And and that was part of his game. And I think that's why, you know, we enjoyed watching him play so much is because he just came up with big rebounds in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. Uh, There were just moments where you're like, man, I feel so much better with him on the court. And that's going to be something for, for green too, is how, how does he adapt? How does he blend in? How does he play collaborative basketball with the Warriors? Uh, His so he he's uh, I guess his career started in San Antonio. Then he had one, two, three, four years in Memphis, uh, five years in Memphis, Mm -hmm. and then uh, about a year and a half in L.A. And then the two years in Denver. So all pretty good teams. Now, Memphis wasn't always uh always always a good team in those years but um you know he, he he's not playing for the orlando magic and mm-hmm. no offense but the detroit pistons like he's playing on, on no. winning winning franchises so look at the baby he pistons. was actually on that clippers team that um went up against us in i believe the 2019 playoff run where we mm-hmm. had boogie in the first round when that team actually kind of gave us a little they bit won of two games i think yeah. So he was right. on that team. That's uh, yeah, he was on that team. But I like what you mentioned when you said like he's not going to go get you a bucket. Like Otto Porter Jr's like mostly not going to do that, but you remember that game, I think it was Christmas when Otto Porter Jr kind of just like bailed us out against the Suns and just put like two shots in and just started like laughing at the Suns bench. Like Jermichael Green's not going to do that, but Jermichael Green also does have like athleticism as a plus that Otto didn't have. I think Otto's just been riddled with injuries, so he doesn't have that athleticism. But Jermichael actually does have athleticism, and can we'll see with with some some dunks this year. Okay, so this is what I like about him. 2015, played in, uh, in the playoffs round one, lost to Portland. 2015, made it to the Western Conference semifinal against the Warriors. Uh, 2016, uh, made the playoffs again, 17 again, 19 again, 20 again. Um, so he is only missed the playoffs. Wait, 18. He's only missed playoffs once in his entire career. I really like that about him because it shows that he can play playoff minutes. He has those repetitions. He has, you know, not, not to say he's, he's, he's going to be, you know, 25 minutes a game, but I'm sure Steve Kerr is going to be like, okay, I need 15 and he's going to give me 15 and I'm not really, really going to have to worry about him. So that's what I really like. Um, it's, it's funny because he's played the Warriors in the playoffs three years. Like you said, the Clippers year, uh, then it was a two, last year, obviously with Denver and then 2015 in the Western Conference semifinals. Has he um, ever gone to an Eastern Conference team? No, he's only played in the West. Oh. All right, so what else happened when we were gone? Uh, well, this isn't really Warriors-related, but it is NBA-related. And uh, the great Bill Russell passed away. And the reason why I bring this up is because, not not just because he's very important to the league, but what does Bill Russell mean to your generation 
when you were born, Bill Russell was already like 70 years old, like 65 years old. So his career was so far in the rear view already. Even, even me, when I was born, he had, he had been, I think he had just recently retired. So I didn't get to see him play either, but what does he mean to your generation? Um, I said it on my podcast that I thought that like, like he's just been a constant figure um, for, for people around my age in the NBA. Like I've seen him at almost, almost like every major event since I was been watching the NBA. Like, you know, his significance, you know, his accolades, you hear about it all the time. Um, I mean, I just, I just never got to see him play, but I knew how important it was uh, when he passed away that how big of a deal that would be because he's Bill Russell. But yeah, just like you, didn't watch him play. And, you know, as you get older, things going on in the world are going to mean a little bit more to you because you're going to get older and, you know, work is different and family and sort of protectiveness. And, and to see the things that he did for civil rights and for NBA players, like my favorite story, I don't, I don't remember the year, but the uh, the All-Star game was going to be televised. And so you had all the best players in the league, and they used, headed by Bill and some other guys, they used that moment to unionize. They were like, we're going to go, we'll, we'll play, but we got to talk union. And they're like, no, 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 you can't do this to us. This is a big thing, you know, blah, 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 blah. But they had that leverage because of that game to unionize. And, you know, there were some guys who were like, no, we can't do this. This is a great opportunity for us for publicity. And they're like, that's exactly why we have to use it. We have to get use this leverage. And so stuff like that where, you know, you don't even think about it because the NBA and, and Major League Baseball, lesser football. Football is such an interesting sport when it comes to that. But, you know, the reason why someone like KD who – I mean, people from the outside are probably looking at KD right now and going, what's going on with this guy? Like, you know, he's trying to he, he he's trying to show some power in a place where it doesn't look like he really deserves to have the power. But because of Bill Russell and the guys before him and, and unionization and and all this and the player empowerment, he is able to try and maneuver himself where he believes it is is best for his career and you know before before unionization that was not the case even after unionization you know for many many years it, it wasn't always the case but you know that's sort of pioneering in, in basketball so that that's kind of what i think about when i think of of bill russell there's no i in team but there is one in indeed and that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours when you're hiring you need indeed Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great, 
talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at indeed.com slash sports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at indeed.com slash sports. That's indeed.com slash sports. and support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash sports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that it just got easier to be an NFL fan, even if you live far away. Like, maybe you like the Bears, but you're hibernating in Panthers territory. But with NFL Sunday Ticket, your out-of-market team is never more than a short distance away, specifically the distance from you to your remote control. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refunds. Subscription auto renews. All right, let's talk about, we're going to have a segment during the off season. And that segment is going to be about some of these guys uh, who, you know, we know what we're going to get out of Steph. We know what we're going to get out of Clay, Draymond, Wiggins. But what about some of these other players? What are we going to get from them? What should we expect to get from them? And we're going to start first with your boy. James Wiseman. What do you expect this year, this season, 2022-23 from James Wiseman? So I want to I want to take it back to Kevin O'Connor's 2020 draft guide. Um I actually think he nailed this James Wiseman uh looking back at it from now 2 years past, but he says Athletic Marvel who flashes massive two-way potential, but in the short term will be best suited for a simple rim-running role. I think that's exactly what I expect from James Wiseman this year. Um, KOC might have missed on the Killian Hayes pick at number one, but I think he kind of nailed this one here, this little bio. Shades of mild-mannered Rashid Wallace. (laughs) I hate when he does that stuff. High-energy Hassan Whiteside. Uh, But yeah, I don't expect James Wiseman to like, showcase you know i think when his first year they wanted to i think they've admitted to it where with the kaminga and the moody like they 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 used how they handled the wiseman situation and said how can we do it better and handled it properly with kaminga and moody and it was it was a success um i don't think i think we all don't think they handled the wiseman situation that great uh, I felt like he was kind of put into the spotlight right away. You know, he missed training camp, no summer league, got COVID, and then get boom, starting five day one, and it just was kind of downhill from there. He kind of showcased some of what we think he could become in some moments, but in a lot of moments, it was just bad. Like the whole him and Steph Curry for some reason can't play well together. Like that just shouldn't happen. So I think if they can convince him in in like a certain sense of how maybe they convince Kaminga, even though I feel like Kaminga still wants to do too much sometimes, it's like, like we know, you know, it's just in this situation, we need you to be like JaVale McGee. That's just what we need from you this year. Like in those mop-up minutes where it's like Poole, Kaminga, uh, Moody, last year Chioza, like Juan Toscano Anderson in last year's lineup, like those mop-up minutes where it's like we've either clearly won the game or clearly lost the game, then yeah, like, you know, do your thing. But like in those minutes that really matter, I really think I expect him to be what KOC said, short-term rim running center at JaVale McGee. Hopefully he could showcase some of that two-way potential, you know? Um, but other than that, I, I really, I, I hope honestly that he just sticks to some kind of 
some kind of role and doesn't try to do too much. All right. When I threw the JaVale McGee comparison at you last year or during the season, no, you were just like, oh my gosh, they have to expect way more. Like he's got to be better. And I'm like, yeah, eventually, but how can he add value today? Like what, what is the way to add value today? And it is doing what you just said, which is doing the rim running, um, you know, the uh, beating, he he's more than likely now if he if he plays an actual center, he's going to be probably faster than that other center, right? He's going to be able to beat Jokic down court. He's going to be able to beat um, Rudy Gobert down court just on a, on a straight sprint. There's going to be some easy points there just by using his athletic skill sets, but where. Draymond and the the guys who they look for Andre Draymond the guys who look for these gaps in defense and and they they're a little bit ahead of the defense if they can if I don't know if it's going to be a head nod or a, a a wiggle or something to where it's just like Wiseman just backdoor or Wiseman just cut because there's a lane for him and because of that verticality, he's going to be able to, you know, get some easy buckets. So I'm very much I'm very much with it. And I'm glad that that you have now come to my side and <laughs> don't expect him to be a young Wilt or uh, or a young Shaq. Uh, but I think I think I just got like like when you don't see a player play for two years, even with like Clay, you're you a lot of their highlights get posted and you got to see like James Wiseman. I think it was against the Lakers in 2020 where Steve Kerr, I think, was benching him to prove a point. Uh, he didn't show up to like maybe a COVID test. I think that's what the story mm-hmm. was at the time. He, and yeah, then he, he, he was late or he didn't show something up. like that, right? Yeah. Or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so in the fourth quarter mop up minutes, he puts Wiseman in and Wiseman just like dominates. So I feel like I was reminded of those highlights, all his like summer workouts, which obviously don't compare to anything in the game. But, you know, you're like, wait. Maybe this guy could be something. And then I was quickly reminded in Summer League that, yeah, this guy has a lot of hiccups, speed bumps, and there's a long ways to go, but you can still see some of the potential for sure. But yeah, good call on the JaVale McGee early. All right, I'm going to read a couple of uh, of ones. I, I asked our our Facebook group, the Deathlinic Facebook group, uh, and the link is in the, uh, the write-up of this podcast. Uh, so if you want to join the Deathlinic Facebook group, uh, just uh, click that link. So I asked, I said, you know, what What do you guys expect? And, and Roderick Adams, who I'm going to be doing some live stream post-game 49er stuff. Rod Rod is a, is a big Niner fan, but also a big Warrior fan. He says he, what he expects is first big off the bench and then 17 to 20 minutes a night. So it, it's not, you know, the, there's that's a, I would consider that a low expectation. Like, let's just get this guy in you know, in the mix here and, uh, and, and, you know, hope that he doesn't foul out. And then, you know, our, our, our buddy BJ, uh, Ben Cruz says uh, he expects MVP or bust. That, 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 that's exactly, that's about what I would uh, have, have thought Ben would say. I think that's what I said before. The, the <laughs> Bell McGee stuff. All right. So uh, the one thing that I thought was very interesting is I hadn't looked at James Wiseman's, numbers from that rookie year and based off of my memories 
And, um, you know, early in that season, it, they, they played well later in that season in, in the run-up to the play-in game. All I remember from that season, I almost like conflate that season with the end of the bubble season uh, or not, not the, not the end of the bubble season. Cause the Warriors didn't play in the bubble, but like the, the previous year where they just lost every game, I kind mm-hmm. of conflate those two te- those, those two seasons together in my, in my head. And so I'm looking at James's numbers and, and now I know these, these are numbers. These are not because I did watch some of those games too. You know, this dude averaged 12 points a game. Yeah, I knew you were going to say something like that, but it's like it's eye test, man. Like he didn't pass the eye test on so many different occasions during that season. But I know what you're saying. The numbers were bad. 19 19 years old, had only played five college games. I think that is to be um, that that is to be expected, right? He's not going to come in and dominate because there's there's guys who are who are grown men who understand how to play this game. But almost 12 points a game. Six rebounds a game. And I think when we watched him in summer league, you know, there are certain moments where you're like, James, if you want to crush this guy, you can just crush this guy. Like there's there's no need to fade away or there's no need to do anything but just jump towards the hoop because you're so much bigger, stronger, and faster than everybody. But six rebounds a game and uh, 31% from three, 52% from the field overall and he did it all in 21 minutes so to go back to what koc said just just get out there and run and be athletic and that translates into something and then hopefully you know over the last two years last year obviously he didn't play at all but over over the last two years he has gained some insight he's gained some knowledge we got the big man uh, coach for him. That should, he should at least be that. Now he's playing on a team in, in 2020, 2021, where, you know, guys are missing. No Clay, no Andre, no Wiggins for half of that season. It was D'Angelo Russell and it was Steph. Well, not on the Wiseman year. What Wiseman? D'Lo and Wiseman didn't play together. Oh, so it was a full season of Wiggins. A full season of Wiggs, yeah. Okay, so that's what I'm saying. See, I conflate those 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 two years. So, um, but but you know, so he 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 did get the ball more than he's probably going to get the ball this year with the full squad. But he's going to have moments where they rest guys, and so there'll be opportunities. But he can be even more valuable with less stats, I think, on a good basketball team. So that is my expectation for him. It is. To, uh, it's not about the points for me necessarily because I think those points are going to kind of come in bunches in in some instances. A lot, a lot of alley oops, a lot of tip ins. I want to see the attitude of, of of crashing boards, of blocking shots, uh, because he he didn't even block a shot a game. He was under one block shot. Um, so be a little bit more aggressive there while not fouling. Cause that's the one thing that he did do was he averaged three fouls in, in those 21 minutes. So that's my expectation. Just the, the, the stats may not even be as good as his rookie season, but the value that he adds based on some learnings, some newfound aggression. I, I think the rebound stat is actually probably the most important stat for him. I think that that, that will sort of tell you a lot about his mentality. Yeah. 
All right. So last segment here is we do a lot of podcast listening, as we hope that people listening to this podcast do as well, or watching it on on our on our YouTube or, or Facebook pages. And when it comes to podcasts, like you know, you can go back five years and there's not even half as many podcasts as there are today, and good ones. I remember trying to find uh, good basketball podcasts, uh, you know, going back years and years. And it was like Bill Simmons, but he he wasn't only basketball. It was uh, Zach Lowe. I, I, I don't, Zach Lowe's not my favorite podcast host, but you, he has good guests and it's usually very smart. And it was like Jalen and Jacoby, but they were also not only basketball. But now there's so many good podcasts in addition to good podcasts with the Warriors so I wanted to tell the listeners, these are the podcasts you need to be listening to, especially when it comes to talking about the Warriors, of course, in addition to ours, and in addition to the BAM. I'll start with you. What is your favorite Warriors podcast? It's plus minus. Um, I, I think I started listening to it. I honestly was probably a little late to the jump, but I mean... I think I started really getting into this podcasting stuff and, and in the COVID season, I think mm-hmm. it was the COVID season. Um, but yeah, they've been my favorite podcast. I think it's just a, a, a good mix and blend of people who are on the podcast. Anthony Slater, who I've always associated being like the, like the Shams or the Woj of the Warriors. Um, kind of is. That's yeah, a comparison. Yeah. Um, and then Marcus Thompson, who's awesome. And Tim Kawakami, who I love as well. So I think all three of them together have been great. And if you're not listening to them and you're a Warriors fan, like I would 100% suggest to look to listen to them because, I mean, if you got the woes of the Warriors, like he's going to say things and it's probably going to happen. So mm-hmm. I, I go back to listening to Marcus and Tim from when they were still at the Mercury News. Like this is before they were even at the Athletic and they had, they had their, their feed of, of Warriors plus minus. And um, Anthony Slater went. So when so when they come to the athletic, Slater comes to the athletic. Actually, it was Slater m- might have been at the Merc for a year or two as well. I think he was also at the year for at the Merc. Eric, um, who was in the who did an episode with the death lineup, thinks I don't remember because, like you said, like you know the Mercury News. For some reason, like I just don't remember any of that stuff. Eric remembers all of that, so he would have been like, yeah, the Mercury News. He thinks Slater was from Bleacher Report. Slater worked for a newspaper in Oklahoma city. Yeah. Yeah. But I wonder if he, I wonder if there was some bleacher report report crossover there. I I don't know for sure, but I I do know when he came here. So it was when Durant came over Mm -hmm. the same year that Slater came over. He immediately went to the Merck. And then I think the very next year is the athletic. Is that, does that sound right? Maybe two years. It, It is something like that. But, um, so, so Slater, now they've combined the feed of all 82 and Warriors plus minus. It's just one feed. Back in the day, it was two different feeds. So you had to have both feeds. Mm. Uh, but uh, yeah, like like that podcast, I, I've called Marcus and and Tim. You, you won't get this reference because you never watched The Wire. But the Bunk and McNulty of the Bay Area. Bunk and McNulty are, are the, main, the two main detectives uh, on The Wire. And I just, I mean, I, I love the contrast. Tim is hard-nosed reporting. No BS, no fluff, 
really good writer. Um, he's out there arguing with fans on, on Twitter because he really believes in his reporting, right? Like there's a faith in that his he does hard work. He, do, he works very hard. He trusts his work. He trusts his experience. And thus, you know, when, 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 he, when he's done investigating something and, and reporting on something, he really believes it. Now, he has taken it on the, the chin a couple of different times. And one of those times was... Uh, when KD got hurt in in the finals against uh, against Toronto, he had written that you know he, that KD if KD is not seriously hurt, this would be a good time for him to play. And then boom, immediately tears his Achilles, and you know he had to he had to eat that one because it wasn't a you know it was his opinion, but but he meant he wrote it, and and then something bad something really bad happened, but. Ultimately, I think Tim is just the the best. He's the best reporter in in the Bay Area that that I've ever read. Uh, and and Marcus is like Marcus went from beat reporter to columnist. And so you know, my favorite columns of his are his Sunday ones, where he he doesn't write them often though, where where he's just kind of talking about his community or his daughter or whatever. Those are my favorite ones because they're so personal, but. You know, anytime Marcus puts his name on something, uh, you know that it's it's going to be really, really great writing. And I think that translates to their podcast. Like those same personalities that are in their writing is also in the podcast. And then Slater is like the the guy who's going 100 miles an hour because, like you said, he's he's the guy, you know, he, and, you know, Slater may be who, who knows how long Slater will, will be a, a Warriors guy because he has like. You know, NBA, Chris Haynes, uh, Shams, uh, Woj. He has that sort of career kind of yeah. looks like that That could be the pathway. But I, I, I hope he stays as long as, as you know, for a long time because he's really great. All right. I'm going to mention the Light Years podcast. Now, Sam and Andy, they are an acquired taste. And what they actually are to me is old school drive time radio where the callers can be salty and the hosts can be a little salty. Sam and Andy have kind of created their space by being the voice of the Warriors fan and maybe even a more aggressive version of the Warriors fan. It was like it's like the Warriors fan where they're like the Joe. I mean, this is kind of why the the podcast is named Light Years because of, of of Joe Lacob's comment that the Warriors were light years ahead of everybody else. But they are like Joe Lacob would be as a fan, have to win the title every year. Every year that they don't win the title, they're they're wasting Steph's prime. You know, go, go get this next uh, whoever's out there. We got to get them, and we because we can't. We can't have like these young players because it just wastes Steph Prime. But my favorite thing about them, and this is, I think ultimately Steph Curry, when it's all said and done, he's going to be, he's going to surpass Montana, Rice. Uh, he's already surpassed Lincecum. He's already surpassed uh, Mad Bum. Him and Posey are kind of neck and neck, though. I, I think Steph may may even edge Posey right now. He's going to be the greatest Bay, Bay Area athlete of all time when it's all said and done. And those guys know that. And so that is the voice of that fan, right? It's Steph. 
you can bring in Katie. And I loved Katie. I love Katie's time here. I was, I'm watching this guy going like, this may be the greatest player I've ever watched day in and day out. Just old, just from a talent and, and uh, perspective, but he's not the most loved, right? He's not, you don't love Katie like you love Steph. And so they are that, that, that voice. Um, I'll tell a quick story. So one of my old coworkers, uh, Ali Jafar, he worked on our partnerships team, big Warriors fan. So, you know, me and my other co-founder, Prakash, Prakash is in that warrior scene. Prakash, you know, Prakash has Andre and Draymond and those guys in his phone. Like that's how tight Prakash is in the, in that scene. And so Ali was like, Hey, it was, uh, against Houston in, in one of the playoff rounds. And he was like, uh, would you guys mind if we invited Sam and Andy to to watch the game with us uh, in the office? And I was like, oh, that's great. And I never met Andy, but Sam is one of my colleagues' cousins. Uh, my, my colleague, Bobak, is, he and Sam are cousins. So that's who, how I knew Sam. And so Sam and Andy come in. We watch the game. The Warriors actually lose to Houston. And they, I think they had gone down in the series three to two. And so I produced... Uh, a show for them uh and the producer of their show was a young guy named Ben Cruz and so i take the output file and i shoot it off to ben and that's how i met ben was just through email because he's sam and andy's producer um uh, and you know now ben's working for the ringer and and you know he's doing really well and you know we'll get him back on this show by the way but uh, so then uh, the Warriors, they come back, they beat Houston, all is good. But that podcast was kind of fun because we were kind of it was Sam and Andy, but we were chiming in on the side as well. So the next year we do the same thing. We invite them. We get pizza. We're hanging out and we're going to do this podcast after. But at this point, I had the equipment. I was like, I was almost ashamed to send Ben the output file from the year before just because I knew it wasn't great. But I had the mics and I had the recorder and I had everything and I set it up for Ben and I shot it to Ben. And he's like, oh, man, this sounds really good. And I was like, yes, you know, because Ben was was doing stuff that eventually both we both would be doing. But Sam and Andy. So, you know, they are they have been in my office. I have watched basketball games with them. So I know how much of the personality and the podcast and stuff is shtick versus, you know, how they really are. Some of it is shtick, but some of it is just really genuinely them like Andy is genuinely a character and he's so fun and so good natured. And Sam is the more like analytical, like type of fan. So I, I love light years. I love the fact that those guys were able to create something from essentially a fan podcast, kind of like what we're doing, but they've built it bigger, bigger, bigger. They're one of blue wires, biggest podcasts. So that is my take on light years. I know you don't listen to, it. I haven't really listened to it as much either, but do you have a take on, uh, on Sam and Andy? They single-handedly run the Warriors fan base. <laughs> single-handedly. Like, their word is God's word on on Twitter. So, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know. I guess I would want that. <laughs> like, that would mean that, you know, our podcast is doing pretty well. Yeah. Um, but no, no, one's, no one's surpassing them. Like, let's keep it a buck. I don't yeah. know if anyone's surpassing Lightyear's, man. They've, they've built something. And, and look, you know, it is a passion, right? It's a passion play. Sam is still working. You know, he still has a career outside of the podcast. Same with Andy. They both have successful careers and do the podcast on the side, you know, as a passion project. But 
I think uh, I'm pretty sure Sam was uh, at summer league with a credential, just like Zach Lowe and just like the guys in the ringer. So he's, he's, you know, he's built that podcast enough to where, you know, that, that, that could be a goal uh, of yours down the line is like, yeah, you know, I want to be a credentialed podcast, you know, person. Cause then it, it, it means that, you know, they, they respect w- what I'm doing, but that's the, the, the thing about those guys. Most first and foremost is just hustle undeniable they're they're uh they're just hustlers all right you know we're gonna this is warriors but it's not covering the warriors this is more warriors related warriors celebrity the draymond green podcast i have a little bit of a hard time listening to one person podcasts i think my ears are naturally they want to hear conversation and so Draymond, he's just talking, 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 talking. And sometimes he's then he's got to contradict himself. And then sometimes he's got to like, oh, yeah, I forgot to do. So, you know, if you if you like that, if you like hearing and some of the stuff that comes out of his mouth is can be a, a little shocking, like his attack on uh, 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 on your boy. Um, gosh, Perk. And when, when he kind of attacked Perk, I thought that was not great a little bit classless and then he came back and he had the insight into his own self to say yeah i went over the line with perk i I didn't mean it but what do you think about draymond stuff um i have stopped listening to it because i just i i don't it's it's just most if if it's a conversation if he and marks thompson were having a conversation like the original draymond green podcast produced by ben cruz I would be way more into that than the version that he currently does. Yeah. Um, I didn't listen to the original, but I I'm with you. I don't like the single person podcast. Like I usually turn that right off. Like even when Bill Simmons does it, I, I think he's done it a couple of times and I just didn't like it. Oh, I always, that, I always fast forward it. I always fast right? forward that part yeah. of Simmons's podcast and get to the, the good stuff. But I think there was a podcast he did last year where like the majority of it was only one person and I like just really couldn't do it, but I was on a seven hour drive. So I kind of just like had to, <laughs> I could, I could actually bear Draymond's like, I think he's kind of good because I feel like, I don't know. He's just, he's just, like you said, he's contradicting himself. Like, I feel like he's just like a normal person when yeah, he's doing yeah. that stuff. He's a human when he does yeah. these shows. Um, but no, yeah, I don't really listen. I probably listened to the first couple episodes. I think he I listened to the one with JJ Reddick, the live show, but that yeah, was I don't fun. really, yeah, that was a good show. I don't really listen to it too, too much because I feel like he's got that. Like, like if he didn't, if you didn't play in the NBA, like your opinion is just, <laughs> yeah, is just, we should disregard it. And I'm the just new, like, the I don't new, know. The, the new, new media. media. Yeah. The new media stuff is kind of annoying. And I, I think like, I like that. I like that he's trying to create a space for himself. He's trying to brand something that probably doesn't need branding, right? Like it doesn't, it's not something that you need to separate. We've had players get into this space before. And I think when he talks about, you know, whose opinion matters or whatever, like from a basketball uh, strategy perspective, yeah, I want to hear Draymond Green break down the defense or break down how you stop this offense. But that's not what Bill Simmons is necessarily doing. Bill Simmons is giving you like information about the teams, about the players. He's talking to GMs or other reporters. So that's a little bit different than than Draymond's critique. But uh, the thing I think that Draymond should look at when it comes to guys like Simmons, 
when it comes to guys who have who may not have come from basketball, like a Sam and Andy, what he what that what he should value from those guys is Dr- Draymond because he's such a good basketball player. He's already got a foot in the door when it comes to this stuff. He's probably had thirty people reach out to him about doing a podcast, and then he found the the one that that worked for him. Uh, but those he didn't have to build from scratch, right? Because he can use his talent to then create this 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 space for himself. So, and that's there's no shots at that. Like you should do that because he needs to think about a, a career after basketball, and he's going to be great when his, his career's over because he's already going to be working for TNT and there's going to be other stuff. So I'm all, I'm all for it. But yeah, the new media stuff eh, just rings a little hollow to me. All right, my new favorite podcast is Andre Iguodala, Evan Turner, Point Forward. I have some small critiques <laughs> on the podcast just from a a journalism sort of interviewing perspective. And and I'll, I'll give those in a second, but man, like, okay. So Andre Godala comes into my office uh, a couple of years ago. It would have been the year before he left or before they traded him. And this is when he's, when his book came out, it was, it was like right when his book came out. And so he comes into the office and we, you know, we have these chats with like business people and, and, you know, celebrities. Cause like I said, you know, my, my, my cop, my co-founder Prakash is, is pretty close to, to that scene as, as was Ali. And so he comes in and, and I I'm listening to this man speak. And I always compare Andre to one of my favorite rappers of all time, who is a uh, Q-tip from a tribe called quest because Q-tip, um, he calls himself the abstract, right? Like he's an abstract thinker. And I find Andre to be such an abstract thinker as well. Like he kind of thinks out of the box and he doesn't say everything that you expect him to say. And very much so, I'm listening to this man speak and I'm like nudging Prakash like, we got to do a podcast with this guy. And this is four years before, you know, Point Forward comes out. Like we got we to gotta do a podcast with this guy. He's so good. And when this podcast came out, the one I didn't like was Evan. And I think it's only because his voice, because he does have Evan. Evan's a better prospect than Andre, right? Like Evan was like the number two pick in the draft. So he's like this high, high prospect, not, not as good of a player as Andre, but um, still he has all of those same experiences as Andre and maybe even more, but I just couldn't get over the voice. Cause it sounds like a little bit like a Muppet to me. Uh, but I got over that and I got back into it and and I really, really, really enjoy that podcast. So what what do you think about these guys? If you didn't need if you weren't already looking forward to Fridays, like <laughs> this is just another reason to look forward to Fridays because they drop every Friday. Uh, it, it's probably one of my favorite podcasts right now, too. I feel like when Andre Godala is talking like it feels important, like I want to understand what he's saying. Um so I mean, our my little brother met him. Uh, addressing the people listening right now, we all know it's your son. Yeah. But yeah, JJ got to meet him, and 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 then now I just I just feel like JJ got his his was texting with him a couple times, but it just now I just want to support the guy forever. Yeah, man. yeah. Andre's a great warrior. I I spent some time with his his wife at a basketball game because you know we we were talking. She she had used 
my company next door, she had used our website to find uh, a purse that she had left in an Uber. So we had that story and, and I got to talk to her kind of about, you know, what happens when Andre retires and her, you know, they, they have kids together and, and she's like telling me like, yeah, the, the, the oldest son is like already like everyone wants him on his AAU team just because of his last name. And just, it was just an amazing conversation. Um, here's my one critique. And this is for interviewers. So if you want to do a podcast, you're doing podcasts. Andre kind of takes a little bit of a shortcut in some of his questions when he goes, here's this scenario. Walk us through what you were thinking. Now, th that is okay. Like if you don't really know your guest very well or if the audience doesn't know your guest very well. But he uses it way too much because... The way that you want to handle that scenario is you got to know what you want to know about this person. Um, Joe Lacob, walk us through the scenario of when you bought the Warriors. What what should happen is Andre should ask set up questions where, where Joe's able to lay out kind of what, what was going on. And then you ask pointed questions like, how did you get the team over Larry Ellison knowing Larry Ellison has more money than you? And then Joe's got to answer that question instead of letting Joe tell his origin story of the whole thing. Cause it's just, then it's just Joe talking. We got to listen to Joe talk for seven minutes straight. And nobody, nobody like, again, <laughs> my, my thing is conversation, right? I want to hear Andre ask him a question. Then I want to hear Evan ask him a question. Um, but that's my only critique is just, I think Andre is going to be really good at this and he's already really good. That would be my one critique is just to tweak the questions a little bit, be a little bit more pointed, because then he'll get answers that he wants and that his audience will want because he's uh -huh. a very insightful guy. So that's my one my one critique. I feel like Evan asked some questions where it's like, oh, shit, did he really just ask? <laughs> like, I think he asked Joe Lacob. He was like, you know, LeBron once tweeted that, like, when he saw the Warriors net worth, that Steph should get like 60 yeah. percent. Like, what do you think? Like, oh, shit. It's a really good question. <laughs> I don't even think Joe answered it. Like I mean, that. he didn't I think really he, answer it. He he does like he like PR answered it. But. Yeah, yeah, but but the, like you know, some some people may may be scared to ask a question like that, right? Yeah, and, Evan and, didn't uh, get it. I thought that I thought that was good. All right, last one for me. Now this isn't Warriors related at all, but it's just when it comes to player turn media. I think the best guy. There's two best guys for me, and and one is an old head now, Jalen Rose. I think he's the best player turn media guy in the NBA, um, even better than Barkley. Now Barkley is on a great post game show, but Barkley is all personality, and you can tell Barkley's not really paying a whole lot of attention to what's going on in games, and they That's make what fun makes of him. him. So great, that, exactly, and they make fun of him about it. Like they do the game where he's got to pick which player, which team this player plays for, and he gets like <laughs> all of them wrong. Um, but Jalen cannot do that because Jalen is also an analyst, right? So Jalen has to know everything, but Jalen also has the personality piece. So he's he's the best. But the guy that I think is coming up is JJ Redick. I think JJ Redick. This is an interesting thing about J.J. Redick, and, and we'll, we'll get out of here. I know we're, we're going a little long on this. Listen to J.J. Redick talk. He doesn't um, he doesn't repeat himself. He doesn't talk too fast. He asks his questions at his pace. That is a skill. That is really hard to do. And J.J. Redick is really, really good at it. 
I don't know. I don't know how you would even, I guess you can go through training for that. I don't know. Maybe he did some media training or maybe that's just the way he processes and he's able to slow down and, and get the most accurate thing out there. Mm. But he's he's excellent. His co-host is is give or take. I don't really I don't really care. I don't know who that guy is either. Um, but JJ has a lot of really good relationships. He had Jalen Brunson on, which wasn't their best show, but he's connected. You know, the NBA is kind of like a fraternity, so he's connected to all these guys. So he's going to always get really good guests, and so that's kind of like uh, the Grant Hill episode was great because they had this Duke bond and. Uh, got to hear a lot about Grant and, and his injuries and stuff. So I think JJ is he JJ is going to be big time at some point. If if he, I mean, he's already kind of big time now, but mm-hmm. you know, he I think he's going to be one of the big guys in the next couple of years. I didn't really watch the ESPN segment with CJ McCollum and Patrick Beverly, but I feel like CJ is one that would be good too. And that's going without I don't know. He just C- feels like CJ is a little vanilla and and I think he has to be because he's still playing, right? He's yeah. got to be careful because he's still playing. After he retires, I think he can probably be uh, really good as well. Um cuz he's got a personality. Yeah, no, for sure. For sure. Uh, you know, but K- KD uh Big Brothers him too much on his own show. <laughs> I didn't like that. <laughs> I mean, KD has all the rights to. <laughs> yeah. Based yeah, on how was, they've handled the Trailblazers in the past. KD was picking on them. All right. That's it uh, from here. If you have any podcasts that you like, uh, leave them in the comments or on Twitter or reach out to us and, uh, and, and, and let us know what you, what you, I'm at, uh, you can find me at GG at fightgamemedia.com. If you have some podcasts, basketball podcasts that you listen to, um, this, show is on the blue wire network and there's a ton of basketball shows in addition to light years that are on the blue wire network so go to bluewirepods.com and you can see more stuff there all right so that's it from here hopefully it doesn't take us three more weeks to to be back hopefully we are back next week at some point but for brian i'm double g see when we see you peace out at granger we're for the ones who pay attention to every little detail the ones who fuss, tinker, and sweat the small stuff. Because you know the tiniest thing can make the biggest difference when it comes to keeping business moving. We get it. We're the same way. Offering access to product experts to help you quickly and easily find what you need. So whatever your industry, you know you're always getting professional-grade products. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.